previously on Forever and a Day. I will update you as soon as Emmy wakes up. <laughs> I'm, I'm losing hope, Lucinda. Don't. Don't you dare. They stabilized her. She's alive. She's good. <laughs> and she will always pull through. Oh, Connor is doing so good. He can even come home tomorrow. Good. That's wonderful. To our new home. New home? What do you mean? I bought us a house. A new house. It was supposed to be a surprise the day after you gave birth, but because of what has happened, I've just had to keep it all bottled up. I I can't believe you you bought us a home. <sighs> I would do anything for you. I can't believe what you're saying right now. I can't find the truth in any of this. The trail of lies continues. Emma has been in town for all these months. I have given you countless opportunities to come clean about the past that you two have, from defending her family in court, to being college friends, to sleeping together. I don't know what the hell is real anymore. My love for you is real. Is it? Or has that been a lie this entire time too? We can still find our way back to one another. This doesn't change a thing. It changes everything. I don't think I know you anymore. I don't think I want to be with you anymore or at least be with you right now. I don't know if you're telling me the truth. I don't even know if the man standing in front of me cheated on me or if you really did just leave it at a one-nighter. I promised you that it was just a one-night stand. I, I promised you that nothing else happened. Alex, I think that when I come home, you shouldn't be there. You have no right to keep tabs on me. I'm just a concerned hu- Ex-husband. That's what you are. I need you to know your place in my life. And not that it's any business of yours, but I stayed with a man last night. I'm just going to leave it at that. Oh, and you can leave the hospital. I don't need you here for my follow-up. Look, I'm not gonna hate on you. I'm proud of you for finally exploring what this town has to offer. <laughs> See, I don't think you'd be saying that if you knew who I was seeing. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, we met at the speed dating thing at Prodigy. Okay, so who is this mystery man? You really wanna know? Yes, I do. Even though you might lose it? Oh, come on, just tell me. It's Antoine Jeffries. Say what? You have got to be kidding me. Look, I'm sorry, but you can't see him anymore. If you are drinking, then you need to tell me. Now. Now. We can fight this. Lenny, we did this before. I've struggled with alcohol twice in my life. Once during my teen years, and the second time came after you left and I had my miscarriage. Since then, I have been just fine. So I'm warning you, stay out of stuff that you know nothing about. Melanie? Yes? What just happened? Oh, that's nothing. Excuse me, I have to go. Uh, no, I, I think you should sit down. No, I have to go. Goodbye, Anthony. Melanie? It, it's Antoine. Oh, 
I know that, Antoine. Melanie then walks off but stops at the door. A curious Antoine goes to her. Melanie slowly turns around and looks at Antoine, but suddenly she collapses to the floor and Antoine rushes to her side. Mel? Mel? Oh, oh my God, someone call 911. And now, the continuing story of Forever and a Day, narrated by Casey S. Hutchison. At Skye's apartment in the living room, Skye looks out of a window in the room. She smiles just as the sun dips below the clouds and evening comes to Augustus, Illinois. Skye then turns around and looks up at the clock. Any minute now. Sky goes over to the coffee table and picks up her cell phone, answering the call. Hi. Yes, this is Sky Parkhurst. Wonderful. And are you sure that you can make a story out of this? Oh, you can make it your headline? Fantastic. Thanks. Yes, I would like to remain anonymous. All right, bye-bye. Sky hangs up from the call. Oh, Lakin. You just had to set me off. And now look at what you made me do. By the end of today, when night falls, Caitlin and Lakin will be exposed. And I will be there to clean up the mess. I will be Caitlin's hero. <laughs> hmm. At the Harper Mansion in Caitlin's bedroom, Caitlin is standing over her bed, folding up clothes and putting them into a suitcase. She then walks over to her vanity and grabs a makeup bag. Come in! Caitlin turns around just as Lakin enters the room. Hey. Hey! What brings you by? I was going to come and ask if you wanted to go out to dinner with me. I was going to sneak you out of here, but now that I see you're a tad busy. Kinda. Why are you packing a bag? Because I have a business trip to go on. Skye and I are going to LA to check out her flagship store. She wants me to tag along to see how things work there. Really? Is that the only reason? What do you mean? Well, as I see it, Sky is still coming between us. I feel as though not a single conversation we have is doing any good. Clearly, you're still letting her get to our relationship. At Danielle's loft in the living room, JJ enters the room looking down at his cell phone as he is texting Antoine. Meanwhile, Danielle is sitting on the couch playing a game on her iPad. I see that I followed in your footsteps. What do you mean? Danielle shuts her iPad off just as JJ sits next to her on the couch. JJ then clicks his cell phone off. I have my face buried in this device, but I guess what's going on in your phone is probably a bit more interesting. Not exactly. What's going on, JJ? I've been texting Antoine all day. However, for about the past hour, I have not heard a single thing from him. I can't believe that I'm really being ghosted right now. 
I guess you were right about Antoine. To tell you the truth, JJ, no, I wasn't. I've been wrong all along. At Memorial Hospital in an examination room, Antoine is standing next to Melanie, who is sitting on top of the examination bed. Antoine, you did not have to bring me here. You couldn't even remember my name. You literally fainted in front of me, and that was all before I tried to comfort you after you had a fight with your sister. I was just a bit flustered. I know you were, but you were flustered enough for me to be concerned about you. You are a really good friend. But I have plans tonight with Donovan, and I have to go back to my hotel room and get ready. Look at me. Do you look like I'm ready for a date? Well, no. Hey! Exactly. <laughs> but you don't have to worry about that. Why not? Because I might have already filled Donovan in on what's going on. I called him and he's on his way here. You know that I kind of hate you right now, right? I know, but Mel, you're my best friend. So if I can make sure that you're okay, then that's all I actually really care about. Upon entering the room, Dr. Callum Becker walks up to Melanie and Antoine holding Melanie's chart in hand. Well, hi, you two. Hi, Dr. Becker. It's nice to see you again after all these months. Uh, you've met Dr. Becker before? Yeah, last year. I, um, I had a panic attack. <laughs> I even temporarily lost my vision that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, it was bad. Well, aside from that, Melanie, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that your friend brought you in here today. Why is that? Truthfully? I mean, after all that I was spilled in on what happened to you today, my mind went into test mode. Melanie, I, I have a theory of what could be going on with you. Going on with me? What? Just, just stay calm. The theory that I have can only be proven by a series of tests, and with your permission, I would like to start those right away. All right. Fine. Yeah, go ahead. Thank you. At the Bay Ridge Hotel in the joint office, Gregory enters the office and goes over to his desk. He then picks up his cell phone. Good. Here's my cell phone. Before Gregory walks out of the office, he sees a note on his desk. He picks it up and opens it. Upon unfolding the paper, a letter opener soaked in red paint drops out onto the floor. Oh my god. Damn you, Dominique. Damn you! Gregory crushes the paper in his hand. At Leslie and Alex's penthouse in the living room, Leslie enters the room. She then goes to the fireplace mantle and picks up a framed photograph of her and Alex on their wedding day. Leslie puts the photo down on the mantle and then goes to the door. Dad. Hi, honey. What are you doing here? Well, I was hoping to speak with Alex. Me and Stephanie need his recommendations for a private investigator. I'm sorry, he's not here. Honey, what's going on? Oh, Dad, I think my marriage is coming to an end. Isaac leans in and hugs Leslie tightly. Back at Memorial Hospital in Emma's hospital room, Emma comes from the bathroom dressed in a pair of sweatpants, a t-shirt, and a knee-length cardigan. 
Lucinda, meanwhile, is packing up some things of Emma's in a duffel bag. How was your shower? It was good, Mom. Thanks. Any word from Colin yet? Oh, yes. He's getting things set up at the house. And Connor is with his nanny. He went down for a nap not too long ago. Good, good. Dr. Becker was telling me how crucial sleep is in these early stages. You know, you were always a strong sleeper. I got so lucky with you. That's nice. I already feel so lucky with Connor. He's just so perfect. Anyway, should we get you home? I would love nothing more. Thanks for all you've done for me, Mom. I would do anything for you, honey. Anything. At the central grill in the dining area, Miranda and Andrew are sitting at a table. Both of them are drinking a glass of red wine. I can't thank you enough for accepting my dinner invitation. Well, it was either this or a quiet night at home with a cheap romance novel. Oh, you like romance? Novels. We're all allowed to have our pleasures in life, aren't we? Well, I know all about... Uh... If your plan is to get me all hot and bothered, it's not going to work. You sure about that? Anyway, where is the waiter with our bread? Miranda turns around and then spots Jonah walking into the establishment. She then turns back to Andrew and rolls her eyes. Miranda, what is it? It's Jonah. He's here. Jonah then walks up to Miranda and Andrew. Hello, guys. What's going on? Hello, Mr. Bennett. District Attorney Rutledge, you're screwing my ex-wife. Please, call me Jonah. You have got to be freaking kidding me. Don't you have some 2020-style interview to give? I'm meeting some political officials for dinner. Good for you. Now go. Should I give you two uh, a moment alone here? Don't you dare leave this table. Sorry, Miranda. I didn't mean to ruffle your feathers. I'll just be going now. Jonah then walks off as Miranda rolls her eyes once again. Wow. What? He really gets under your skin. Let's carry on with our evening. I would love nothing more. Back at Danielle's loft in the living room. What do you mean you've been wrong about Antoine this whole time? You've always hated him. There's the beginning, middle, and end of that story. Yeah, I know I always hated him, but that is all business. Nothing more. What are you saying? I'm saying that he's also passionate and kind. Plus, I don't think he would have just handed over his number to you if he really didn't like you. We may have our differences, but he's one of the good ones. Then why do you think he hasn't texted me? I don't have an answer to that. He could just have gotten busy at work, or maybe he's running some errands, or maybe he's just completely smitten with you already. He's just nervous to reach out to you. You really think it's the last one? I have a hunch. Oh, give me one second. Hello? This is Danielle. Are you sure? Oh my God. I'll tell him. And we'll be right there. Thank you for calling. Danielle hangs up from the call as a look of worry falls upon her face. Sis, what is it? What, what's going on? 
I just got a call from mom's facility. She took a really bad fall. Her aide said that we need to get over there right now. Things aren't looking good. Back at Leslie and Alex's penthouse in the living room, Isaac and Leslie are now sitting on the couch. You know, as a little girl, mom used to read me all those fairy tale stories. I always thought it would be so easy to find love and to keep it. I always thought I would have my own prince. Never in a million years did I think I would have left a man at the altar or now be wondering if the other man in my life had an affair behind my back. Honey, none of this is your fault. Sure, what happened with Colin was a different situation. However, when it comes to Alex, he is the one that slept with someone else, not you. He is the one who expects you to believe that it was a one-night stand, even though he kept it from you all this time. He is the one who says it happened while you were with Colin. Don't you see the pattern? These are his lies. I just can't help but wonder if this is somehow my karma for stepping out on Colin. Is this really how I'm being repaid for my sins? You know, the day you left Colin, I was shocked. I couldn't believe what was happening. However, I get why you did it. You still have feelings for Alex. You also wanted your child to know his father. Yeah. I did, but how could Aiden possibly ever know his father if I'm not even sure if I know Alex anymore? That's a different question to ask yourself. Yeah, it is. But while he is staying in a hotel room temporarily, I need to figure out the answers to that very question. Are you sure you can do that alone? That's the kicker. How do I do anything alone? All my life, I have been around a man who I think is going to be my endgame. But in the end, I screw it up somehow. And you know, I'm really tired of living my life like that. What do you mean? I don't want to have to keep putting a man before me. If I do take Alex back, if I buy his story, then some things need to change in our marriage. Back at the Bay Ridge Hotel in Dominique's suite, Dominique is sitting on the couch drinking a glass of champagne. Upon hearing the notification from her cell phone, Dominique picks up her phone and sees a text from an unknown number that reads, All packages have been delivered to Gregory, Alex, Isaac, Leslie, and Avery. All the targets are in place. One by one, they all must go. Where my knife truly lands, no one knows. Dominique leans back, taking another sip of her champagne. Back at Memorial Hospital in an examination room, Antoine is standing in the corner of the room, observant of Melanie, who is sitting by Callum on the couch. Antoine, when is Donovan going to be here? I don't know. He said he'll be here shortly. Good. I think I'm going to need him. Miss Walters, if it's okay with you, I'd like to continue on to another test. Okay. Still haven't told me what you're testing me for. This is just a general exam. Okay. By all means, go on. Thank you. This next portion of our test is actually going to take us out of the exam room. Okay. <laughs> You've already done some blood tests. I mean, what's next? A scan of my brain? Precisely. I would like to take you upstairs for an MRI. Seriously? Yes. What's going on? Don't worry. I will tell you after we do this MRI. No, you have me really worried here. I want to know. 
I have a right to know. You're treating me like a child. Antoine rushes over to Melanie just as Callum and Melanie stand from the couch. Miss Walters, I don't want to get you agitated. Please calm down a little bit. Melanie, come on. It's okay. No, it's not okay. I want to know. Enough of this. Enough. No, Dr. Becker, can you please just tell her what's going on? Miss Walters, can you please sit back down? Melanie sits back down on the couch and Antoine slowly sits next to her. Okay, what is it? What do you think is wrong with you? Listen, when you came in here last year, Miss Walters, because of your loss of vision, I believe it was in fact a panic attack. However, between your fainting today, which was brought on by your confusion when it came to your friend here, and even Antoine telling me that you've had slight areas of confusion from time to time, I realized that I may have made a mistake in diagnosing you with that panic attack. What do you mean? Miss Walters, didn't your mother pass away from Alzheimer's? Yes. Yes, she did. What does that have to do with any of this? Because of your mother's medical history and the stories that I've heard today, along with the test I've already ran, I believe you could have an early onset Alzheimer's based off of the symptoms you've shown. Oh my God. Please, I would like to take you for that MRI because it, along with your blood tests, could confirm my suspicion. Uh, Mel, I say that you should get the MRI. I'll be next to you the whole time. Do you promise? Of course. Okay. Dr. Becker, I will come with you for the MRI. Back at the Harper Mansion in Caitlin's bedroom, Caitlin zips up her suitcase. Are you really just going to ignore me? I think I have to. Why do you say that? Because I'm tired of you constantly acting as though Skye is this big enemy trying to destroy us. Lakin, do you realize how crazy that sounds? My god, she hasn't even done anything. I know she is up to something. She wants to consume all of your time. She constantly wants to be by your side. And she's always wearing that ring you gave her. That's what this is about? You're freaking out about that she hung on to a birthday present? Wow. It was a present that went along with the promises of your relationship with her. It was a ring. That's it. I didn't ask her to marry me or something like that. We were still teenagers. You just don't get it. No, you don't get it. I let you interrupt my business meeting. I let you insert your opinions about Sky. I've tried to get you to back off. I've tried to get you to see that I only love you. Have you ever thought that the only reason that things aren't working is because of you? Don't let our relationship come to an end again, all over these stupid accusations about Sky. You really think that what I'm saying here doesn't mean anything? Caitlin, I love you. Damn it. Why can you not understand that? I'm trying to look out for you. She is the villain here. There you go again, using that word, villain. This isn't a superhero movie. This is our relationship. This is my life. This is my career at stake. I know that we cannot be out and proud as a couple, but somehow we have been able to move on from that. Where are you going with this? I'm saying that I just don't... I'm saying that I just thought that the one aspect of my life that is out there in this world, you would let me hang on to. Yet, 
You're trying to destroy my career? How dare you say that to me? No, no, how dare you? I put up with so much crap from you. I do it because you mean so much to me. This isn't a problem that can just go away. This is not like leaving toothpaste in the sink when I spend the night. This isn't like burning a pie that you're supposed to bring to Thanksgiving dinner. This is more. This problem stems from your insecurity about a relationship that I have been done with for a very long time. You really think I'm this insecure bitch who imagines threats? I... I can see the threat from a mile away. I even saw it when I went to Skye's apartment. You went to her apartment? Oh my god. She lost it, Caitlin. She is one screw loose from being a danger to everyone around her. She is just a warped individual. You not seeing that is only going to hurt us in the end. You need to stop. You're sounding crazy. Caitlin gets her suitcase from the bed. So this is it. You're going on that business trip? Yes. I clearly need to get away from you. Do not. Before Lakin can get another word out, she feels her phone vibrating in the pocket of her jeans. She retrieves it, and a look of shock falls upon her face. Lakin, what is it? Oh, oh my... I can't believe this. Lakin, what is it? Lakin turns her phone to Caitlin. Caitlin grabs her phone and sees that Lakin has just received a notification from a news outlet that reads, Caitlin Harper and Lakin Bennett are in love. That stalker finally did it. They outed us.